Welcome to the 175th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we're playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on April 13th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this here show with me is co-host Carlos Rodella. How you doing, Carlos? Yo, I'm surviving these uh, allergies. Oh, man, yes. Before we get into the actual show, I want to give an upfront disclaimer and an apology uh, <laughs> on behalf of both of us. Today is a very high pollen day uh, in Seattle, which is where we basically are. And I am literally, like, dying of, like, coughing and, like, secretions and my stuffy nose. And I'm doing my best to speak clearly. Carlos, I know you're suffering as well. Yeah, it's a little it's a little much today. So we apologize in advance. I don't know what's going to come out of our faces during this podcast. Oh, God. Not coherent um, language. Not that. <laughs> no, but maybe some coughs and sneezes or something. But it's the weather, yeah. people. It's the weather. It's, it's weird. Yeah. So please, please bear with us. We apologize in advance. We're both really trying to keep it under control. But it's just I can almost see the pollen in the air right now. And it's it's like Carlos said, it's a bit much. So. Yeah, it's, it's in this room. I feel like it's got through the windows and it's just in my apartment. I mean, I think I think our third chair tonight is our, our co-co-host, Pollen. Hello, Welcome, Pollen. Pollen. Welcome to the show. Yes. Take a seat. Oh, wait. You don't need a seat. You're everywhere. You're inside me already. Okay. <laughs> this is the Pollen episode. Ah, oh, the Pollen episode. Okay. With that out of the way, please bear with us, folks. Let's get to the games. Um, we have a... I don't know how short it's going to be, but it's a short script tonight. We're going to start off with Carlos, who has been playing probably the biggest game to be released this year so far, Final Fantasy VII, the remake what is that what is the actual title is it just final fantasy 7 remake i think final fantasy 7 remake that's what the hashtag is yeah okay so we all know this thing is a thing that exists it's out now it's a real game it's no longer vaporware lots of people playing it lots of people talking about it i have not played it yet i plan to later this year but i gotta be honest just not really in the mood for it right now but carlos you were in the mood you popped for it you dove in uh before we get to that though let's get a little bit of background i know we touched on this game uh last episode and maybe even the episode before that but let's let's set things properly this time let's let's take our time let's jump into it a little bit uh one foot at a time starting off remind me of your history and i I know that you played some final fantasy 7 back in the day but what did you like it did you finish it like what just real briefly what is your history with the original final fantasy 7 yeah final fantasy series i loved and um i was talking to you pre- uh, show that I, I, I loved turn-based uh, RPGs for the longest time. Um, obviously, it was the first thing. And when action RPGs came around, I wasn't like first on board. I really liked my old school turn-based. So when Final Fantasy VII came out, it had that new kind of ATB, the action... Um, active time Active battle. time battles, yeah. Uh, and so I wasn't really on board with that. And on top of that, I was loving the beautiful like um, 16-bit art style of RPGs. And Final Fantasy VII had those really rough-looking polygons. And it was pretty crude-looking. And I just felt like the art didn't capture me. And I didn't like the ATB stuff. So I fell off it. And I love, you know, the, you know, the series and, and role-playing games in general. But that's why I didn't really ever finish it, which is nuts. It's funny you mention that because, you know, I've, I've mentioned many times, and I'm pretty well-known for being somebody who really cares a lot about visuals in in video games and i remember when final fantasy came out i mean we were both gaming back then we were both you know active players and i remember seeing the commercials for final fantasy 7 and if anybody is old enough to remember that the commercials didn't show any gameplay they showed only the cutscenes so like you see these really sweeping like amazing like explosions and like well-rendered characters and people doing all sorts of incredible stuff and you're like holy shit that game looks amazing and then when you actually bought the game and brought it home, you're like, what? This looks nothing like the commercial. Like you get these chunky cloud with his three giant yellow polygons of hair. And yeah, everybody's got weird like club fists and stuff like that was not at all what they showed on the commercial. And I remember there being a collective moment of like backlash when we finally realized that's not what the entire game looked like. Right. But you had to wait for those cutscenes for it to look really cool. And you're yeah. like, whoa, that is pretty cool. But yeah, I get there's a combination of those two things and also just not really feeling the the style of battle. But it's interesting because the style of battle is what I want to talk about uh, definitely in this demo or not demo, now the full game. 
Well, before we get to that, I do want to pick your brain for one more second. So knowing what we know now about you and Final Fantasy VII, just real briefly again, what was your history on Final Fantasy as a series? Like, did you play all of them? Have you played a couple of them? Do you, do you care for it? Do you not care for it? What's, what is the relationship between you and the franchise overall? Yeah, I liked I liked the style. They came, you know, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy I came out at the same time I was playing like Ultima and a lot of like, you know, old school RPGs that took a long time. And I liked any RPG that took a while and introduced new characters. And I just felt like I had like hundreds of hours or whatever that I could put into this game. So I enjoyed most of the Final Fantasies, I think four a lot. Um, And after seven, I think I fell off after 10 because I did not like 10. And then I loved 15. So I kind of have a hit and miss like love affair with Final Fantasy. I get into it. And when I'm in, I get all the way in, right? Like definitely 15 was the last time where I was like, nope, I'm all the way in. All the characters, this car ride across the country, love it. And one, I was all the way in, maybe four. So it's hit or miss for me. Okay. Okay. So you're not like a diehard. No. Play all the Final Fantasy. You got the tattoo of a Chocobo on your ass. Like you're not that guy. (laughs) No. And also each Final Fantasy is a different universe, right? That's the, the, the lore of it. Apparently so. I mean, most of them. I think there's a couple that double up, but oh, but, yeah, there might be, yeah, yeah, there might be yeah. X and X two and stuff like that. But anyway, okay. So that aside, that's where you're at. Sounds like you like them. Maybe you don't love them. You've played a bunch. Maybe, but you're not a hardcore nut. So that's kind of where you're coming from. Does that seem fair? Yeah, that's fair. All right. So now you have played, or you've been playing, still playing yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake. Where? How far in are you? Thirteen hours, I think. Okay, and I have no idea how long. Thirty this to forty is. hours. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, um. I've heard, and I, I can't confirm this, but I'm sure it's it's a fact, that this game only covers, like, the first chunk of what Final Fantasy VII originally was. Like, you're going to be mostly in the city that was kind of like the opening chapters of the OG Final Fantasy VII. It's not, it's not the entire game, right? Like, I mean, do you know how far it goes? I don't really uh, know the one-to-one. And also, this is a remake. So what's really interesting is, even though I don't remember all of the original game, there's just so much more added and we'll talk about that later, but some of it is essentially fluff, right? Like it's just side quests and things to do. And certain areas uh, are essentially just kind of add-on areas that I'm sure weren't in the original game. So I think it's really, you know, creating its own uh, take on this whole first part of Final Fantasy VII. So I definitely don't think it's one-to-one. It just feels like it's a chunk of what that story was, and it's also something else. Okay, so I've seen a lot of people so far who are way more way more fans of Final Fantasy than either you or I are. I mean, I've played I think I've played all of them, almost all of them. Um, I don't think I've played 15, but I think I've played basically all the rest, at least a little bit, if not finished. And you've played seems like a fair amount. But, you know, I've seen a lot of people approach this new Final Fantasy seven remake with the idea of how faithful is it to the original? And they've kind of gone through with like a fine tooth comb. To be like, well, this is different, and this is different, and I remember Final Fantasy VII so well, and this line of dialogue is different, and this scene is different. And I'm like, for me, I don't find a lot of value in that, because as you said, this is kind of a remake. The original Final Fantasy VII is still around. You can play that if you like. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of approaching this as a brand new, you know, just like a new new take on it. I yeah. don't necessarily want to have, like, the discussions about this thing is faithful, this thing is not faithful. I mean, is that kind of how you're taking it? Yeah, I don't want to look at it at all. Like, uh, it's similar to Trails of Mana, which I will be playing also later this month, I think. And that game, again, as I've spoken in length on this podcast, how much I enjoy the, their combat. Um, that game, I don't remember that game. And even if I did remember parts of it, I'm not going to nitpick it. It's a whole new experience. And when you make a remake a game like this, you know, everything becomes more, stands out more. And because of the graphics and because of what we can do with the fidelity of the game now, opposed to like the old school version, it just automatically is a different experience. So yeah, I'm a lot, I'm just with you. Like it's a whole new thing. I'm not going to nitpick it. This is my journey into Final Fantasy VII. It doesn't matter if what it's compared to the original for me. Okay, perfect. Okay, so I feel like we've done a good job of setting this up. We're not going to be approaching this like an OG Final Fantasy VII fan. We're not going to be tearing apart from that angle. So let's just talk about it as a game that you're playing this year as if it was a new game, just a new experience you're walking into. I think it's fair to take it on its own terms. So with that in mind, I guess um, 
set the stage for us or like what what are your general impressions of it like i know that you've talked about the combat before you've had some issues with the combat but before we get to that like in general like how does it strike you what do you think of it like when you first started up what do you think you know yeah. how's it how's it hitting you let me start with the um the whole difficulty idea and the the, the style let's go back to the atb thing that i wanted to talk about um I'll, I'll touch on that first and then i'll get into the story and what i think of the actual game uh story-wise but in the actual like difficulty in playing this game, you're presented with uh, a few different modes in the beginning, easy, normal, or uh, classic, which is like just straight turn-based. And the normal is a mixture of turn-based with action RPG. The action RPG is very similar to Final Fantasy 15, which I loved. But because normal made you go back and forth between the two, some people enjoyed that. But the difficulty is pretty tough because you have to worry about materia, which is the magic you can put into different weapons to do different elemental effects, etc. You have to worry about the enemies and what they're like weak to, a la Pokemon. And you've got to do a lot of managing. And I do not want to sign up for that. Like I, I enjoyed 15 so much because I really wanted to get into the story and also just have a badass time kicking ass in action RPG. Now, do you I know, mean managing as in your other characters, or what kind of managing? There's are you doing? so much managing in normal mode. Uh, you have to manage. You know, you have to switch between characters. You can't just be Cloud. You can't just be anybody, one specific person. You're gonna have to switch back and forth a lot because it's so difficult, and you're dying all the time. Or you need to phoenix down somebody. It just seems difficult that way. Then also managing your weapon loadout, managing, you know, um, assessing the enemies and seeing what they're weak to because if you don't use something they're weak to you might just have to hit them 150 times i won't go into it but it's not for me okay yeah. and so when i first started the demo i died and i was remember going like i don't why am i dying so easily in this demo this felt bad uh, and that's the part where i alluded to last episode where the dogs that you fight in that game which i was vindicated because people on twitter all weekend were like these dogs Fuck these dogs. Um, they are like 30 hits or something if you don't do the right thing. So like someone on Twitter was like, you need to use fire against them. So then it means you have to think about, you can't just be running around spinning and doing cool moves. You got to like use fire to weaken them, get them in a staggered state. Then you can hit them for like five hits. And but Cloud has a different attack mode, right? He has like a regular sword attack and then he's got like some kind of other like stronger sword mode right yeah like stronger he... sword mode sucks my ass is what that does <laughs> that mode is here's why it's bad you switch stances and you do more power but you literally swing once and then have to reset your weapon it just feels like cumbersome as hell uh all that said because we got a lot to get to i played the this game now you know i died a lot in the demo play this game in the beginning of the game is the demo so what happens is I get to the main boss and Cloud dies. And I use all my Phoenix Downs, which is what brings him back to life. So Cloud's just dead, dead. So I can't play as him. And I was like... You mean it's like a st like the story forces him to die, you mean? No, no, no. I mean, like, I I was bad at the game. Oh, oh. Managing so you went down stuff. and you had to switch to a different character, you mean? Yes. Okay, gotcha. So I could not even be him. And then I just had to... Uh, play without him until I got out. So I was like, that seems weird, but maybe it's because the boss. So we went up, we, you know, he healed up after we won the battle. We went to the next level, and this is the very beginning of the game. And Cloud died again fighting regular people because I wasn't doing the right combination of stuff, right? Which I wasn't weakening them and staggering. And I was like, fuck this noise. So I immediately turned it to easy, <laughs> Which should be called alternate, by the way, because I don't like easy makes it sound like you're taking the easy right out. Let me say this. Easy isn't just easy. Yes, it's much easier because you're not micromanaging all that stuff and it plays like Final Fantasy 15, which I love. But it's still like you've got to dodge. You still have to heal. You still have to use different you know, abilities. So if you're people saying like it's just you push one button, that's wrong. Like you can still get fucked up. You just have to you just have a much easier time. Let me ask you this then. So I, you know, I played the demo with you uh, when we played it originally. We talked about it when it uh, debuted a couple episodes ago, six episodes ago, whatever that was. 
Um, and one of the, one of my takeaways from the demo. Now, keep in mind, I haven't played the full game, but this is something I want to ask you about. Uh, my my impression was that they were telling you way too many things in too short a period of time, and I found myself going through the demo kind of forgetting what they had already just told me because like here's a thing here's another technique here's another technique do this thing here's this other thing you do here's another thing you do and then you know by the time you get to the boss of the demo you've already been taught like i don't know like 15 different things and i mean in a very short period of time it's hard to remember all those things especially if you're not getting a lot of time to practice with them did they keep that exact same tutorial is it all paced exactly the same way or is it slightly different than what we got in the demo no it's the exact same demo literally oh no the literally the same thing okay yeah that, which i thought is that why was i didn't good, want to like play tutorial. it all over again i just felt okay. like yeah so let's say we get out of the demo area and i get to finally kind of the game opens up a bit and i can actually play it uh and feel like you know i'm playing a, a brand new experience um the easy mode made it fun and i'll i will say that at, again at the very top if you are on the fence, you've played the demo and you died. If you just bought the game and you're dying all the time, just don't go through the hassle. I don't understand what the allure is of having to manage all that stuff. Some people, it definitely might be right up their alley and that's what they love. But for me, I just wanted to, you know, it's a lot of story and I want to get through it. Um, so I spent, I went to easy mode and started having a great time. I mean, like it was, I loved it. Um, the story, let's talk about the story for a minute. Uh, the story is you play as cloud, obviously, you know him, and he is with a ragtag group of people who are essentially just like these rebels, uh, part of a group called avalanche. And they are trying to take on, you know, the big, bad corporation, a classic story, the Shinra corporation. And they, in the demo blow up a huge reactor. The thing is, you know, the demo, that's it. You just blow up the reactor. But when you start the game, after you've blown up the reactor, you realize that it, like, blows up a lot more than the reactor and, like, almost a whole, like, neighborhood. And that was, Let's pause on this for a second. Yeah. Because I don't, like, I don't want to get into the details of, like, old Final Fantasy versus new Final Fantasy. But one thing that I thought was weird about the demo, and you can, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's, I mean, I totally remember the story of this, like Cloud and, and the Avalanche guys go to fight Shinra and they blow up the reactor, the Mako reactor. Yep. And in the game, that's what they do. Like their whole mission, the original Final Fantasy VII, their whole mission is to go blow up this reactor. That is what you're doing. That's the point. In the remake, they got to the reactor chamber, they fought the robot, and then it cuts to a cutscene of like the CEO of the Shinra Corporation blowing up his own reactor. And I'm like, well, that's not at all what happened and what what sense does it make that they would go down to the reactor chamber to not blow it up i mean they even had a bomb but they kind of didn't let them blow it up and it kind of reminded me of like the whole um greedo shot first thing with oh. star wars you know what i mean like where han yeah. solo shoots greedo originally and that's fine because he's a scoundrel but then all of a sudden he's got to be a good guy so they changed it to the greedo shot first that kind of is what that seemed like to me and like I don't well, want to, you know, I'm not going to get lost in the details, but that really stuck out to me as being a weird choice. Well, it's, it's a, it, and we won't spoil any of it, but it's a, actually a very, it's a nuanced story. I don't think they, it's not a true Greedo shot first moment because they actually did blow up something and they did do it on purpose um, and they caused something, but then they caused more devastation than they wanted. So it's like, this is a more deeper exploration into what would happen if you blew up a reactor which again is why I love this game. It's really like taking a simple RPG, um, simple, like a lot of RPG story elements back then, I feel like uh, had kind of a limited amount of time to tell a story sometimes. And, and now we have this idea that's an episodic game. There's a lot more time to flush out the stuff. So I think that that's what they're doing. They're really kind of adding elements to it. I'm sure some purists hate that. But for me, taking it from a brand new perspective, it's it's very interesting, especially to see the aftermath of doing something you thought was heroic and having complications where literally you're walking around a town and Brad, it's disaster report four. <laughs> it's literally that game. It's well, it's better than that game. I'll tell you that. Much. Oh, but yeah, yeah, I get we'll you. Get I get you. No, because you're walking around and there's so many NPCs in this game that have dialogue that you just walk by them and they just have all those little stories and yeah, it's you just get to see how this aftermath is is caused chaos. So, um, so that's how the game starts. And then you know you basically meet Tifa, you meet the crew, 
and you get a home of a base of operations and you go do side quests and then you do main uh, objective missions and that's the game i with the battle system easy that feels like final fantasy 15 i can't get enough of this game because I, i'm very interested in the story it's really weird and funny uh and at times dark and supernatural and then it also i enjoy the combat the way that i have it set up interesting so so easy mode for you which basically boils down to less micromanagement if i'm if i'm understanding you correctly yes so that's really making like it sounds like a world of difference for you it's a world of difference let, okay. let, let, I cloud died like i used all my phoenix downs he died like literally barrett had to like push him out of the way and are like are you serious yeah Did yeah he like... was like get up kid what's going on with you and he <laughs> and he just literally walked around him and he was just down the whole time that's amazing versus me feeling like and i was gonna have an asterisk here on my notes feeling the power fantasy of an rpg like that's why i play rpgs i want to escape this horrible potentially situation that we're in in the real world for various reasons and i want to get a sword and kick ass do i want to like feel bad about regular life and then go to a video game and then also feel bad about that i die all the time no so for me the power (laughs) fantasy yeah easy mode all right well that i mean that's fine you know i we don't take any issue with easy mode here i mean i think Whatever makes a game fun for you is totally fine. And, you know, if you're like one of those people who really loves difficulty and hard mode and you like to challenge yourself, like, go do that. Like, absolutely go do you that. Can. But yep. but uh, us playing something on easy mode or anybody playing on easy mode doesn't take away from your hard mode. And you playing on hard mode doesn't take away from my easy mode and vice versa. As no. long as there's options for people, I think that's really the best way to go. But they really should call it alternate mode in this one. Because if you played 15, it's that game. So... Why would it, why is it so different? I don't understand why people think like, oh, look what they did. They made a whole combat system. They made an easy mode. No, they just took what they've been working on with 15. And then also there's the old school mode. It's actually like that's the old school mode. Is normal. Well, it's, it's hearing you describe it. It sounds, I mean, it doesn't really sound to me and granted I haven't played this yet, but it doesn't sound like easy, medium, or hard or whatever. It kind of sounds like what you're saying, different styles. I mean, if you've got the original or classic turn-based that's in there. I mean, would you say that's easier? I think it's probably just different. Then you've got your Final it's Fantasy 15. Yeah. Why do you call it easy? You should call it the Final Fantasy 15 yep, mode. 100%. Or, you're right. And then the new one should be the, the, the I don't know, the new mode or new whatever mode. you want to call it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's there's PR people that get paid to come up with these titles. I don't have to come up with a title right now, but it seems to me like it's three flavors. Like, you know, you know, you don't go to Baskin Robbins and go, oh, only, only pussies order vanilla. Like, you got to order like Rocky Road. <laughs> yeah. No, it's exactly. like everybody likes your own flavor, right? Like, yep. you got to. So why don't you just maybe present it as like chocolate, vanilla, strawberry rather than easy, medium, hard. If yep. It's kind of what you sound like you're describing to me. Yeah, that's perfectly explained. Yeah. Uh, let me quickly talk about the characters for a minute, and then I'll talk about a little bit of the game itself. All uh, right. The characters, because I haven't played it for a while, and also because when you have these kind of detailed realizations um, that get flushed out more in the newer technology, you see that Cloud is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I forgot how much of a dick he is. And it's more impactful because you see the facial expressions more. Like, that's not a polygon blurb, you know, blob thing. It's actually like a person. Yeah, he's got a real face now. It's not he's just got a like real dots face. on a yellow polygon, right? And the, yeah. and the girl and, you know, Tifa and everybody who are, like, reacting to him, like, get upset. And you can tell they're upset. So to watch him be a dick the entire time. He's put 13 hours. He's been a dick the whole time. Like, to everybody. He was a dick to kids, dude. There was a side quest where the kids were like, can you go do this thing? And he's like, how much? And I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> and this old guy, his wife died, and he, you had to do some errand for him. And he goes, we did it. We accomplished it. We came back. And he goes, that'll be 5,000 gil, dude. And he's like, oh, I just buried my wife. I don't have any money. He's like, 5,000 gil, I said. <laughs> It's kind of—he sounds like a dickier version of Geralt from The Witcher because Witchers don't work for free. So right. maybe maybe the, the Square Enix developers are taking a cue from uh, from uh, those guys at yeah. CD Projekt Red and giving him a little bit of Geralt flavor. Except maybe it sounds like it's not working so well. Dude, he's intense. So that's the first thing. Second thing, there is tons of sexual innuendo in this, and I don't know if oh, it was no, the original. Really? Like yeah. bad kind, not good kind. It's just a weird kind. I guess it was probably in Seven a little bit. But here's a couple things that happened. 
one, every single woman that encounters uh, Cloud wants to sleep with him. I mean, hardcore. Now, Tifa, and this is not really much of a spoiler if you played the seven, and I, I guess this is the same way, um, married to Barrett. Was that the original? I don't remember them being married, but I'm not the expert on that game, but I don't recall that. Well, I think it at least alludes to that they have a kid and that they're together. I think, although they're never like like romantic with each other. So maybe I'm wrong with that, but it feels like that. But then Tifa is just macking on Cloud from the very beginning. I mean, ridiculous style. And so is Aerith. And so is, uh, what's her name? Oh, great. I forgot the other girl. Jesse? The one that you start with at the beginning, right? The Who was yeah, with yeah, you when yeah. you break into the, the reactor? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I know you're talking about. I think it's Chessie. I think uh, you're right. Yeah, so anyways, everybody wants to sleep with him. And it's just weird. It, like, it becomes weird really quickly. Um, uh, and then on top of that, you could at some point just now, I went to a massage parlor, and it's exactly what you think it is. It's exactly what you think it is. What, do they offer you the happy ending when you go Yes, there? and you have to get it. You have to get <laughs> you, it. What? Yeah. What? What happens? You have to, because basically you've got to uh, help. I won't go on. You have to help someone. Oh, this part is bad. I don't want to spoil it, though. There's some really I mean, you weird. Said, you said the happy ending in massage parlor. you got to you got to explain this part. Well, because you have to help somebody like dress up and for some reason the massage parlor lady is the only one who can like uh, make Aerith look like really really sexy uh, which doesn't make any sense but for some reason she's like I'll help you but you why don't you get a massage first and I was like there's no no option I have to like pick a choice you know like you want her help and she says the price of me helping you is I have to give you a massage yeah pretty much that sounds like totally upside down and backwards everything is everybody wants everybody wants cloud that could be the name of this podcast. <laughs> this, this sounds... You were talking about a power fantasy. You're not fighting it in the combat. Are you maybe fighting it in the story? Because that sounds a little bit ridiculous. I know. Well, anyway, so you actually go in and they show a, a little something-something. They, they, they hide it in the fact of... And maybe some of our younger listeners don't know what we're talking about. But there's some massage powers. And you'll find out about it when you get older. And... At ask some, your parents, kid. Also, why are you listening to this unsupervised? Also, don't ask your parents because that's just weird. But um, at some point, you know, she's like, you got to get this done. And she uses your hand to, like, rub it. But, I mean, what? Brad. What? Brad, what is going on no, she, right now? She what rubs, is going on? She rubs Cloud's hand is what I'm saying. I don't even. We got to just. We got to change subject, bro. Do we, we though? Be- Let me finish this. <laughs> she she massages him so well. And he's like, ugh. And she's like, what was that, pleasure? And he's like, no, no. She's like, I think it was. And it gets stays like that for a while. Awkward. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's I didn't a, oh hear anybody God. talking about this part. This is this is ridiculous. Dude, I, I'm here to tell you about all the cringeworthy stuff. Okay, so <laughs> uh, real quick to the side quest. There's a ton of them. People had a problem with them because it, it seemed like fluff. Some of them you're like chasing cats. So that's straight up, you know, fluff side quest. But for me, I wanted all the extra stuff, and I love the world. So I've been playing all of them, and I have no problem with it at all. I just I get a bunch of extra shit, and I do all the side quests. Uh, and I will say this. The game is beautiful. Like every little nook and cranny and like uh, hallway you go through, uh, the city I'm just in now is like a real treat, like with neon lights everywhere. It's just beautiful. Um, so I love the game. I like really – Love the game. There's just some weirdness to it that story-wise doesn't make any sense. And I get, like, kind of taken back by it. But then I just want to do more of the combat. Like, I really enjoy it. Well, it sounds like you started off a little bit rough. But after switching to the type of combat, I hesitate to call it easy, but switching to a different type of combat engine, seems like you've really found a groove and you're digging it. Yeah, because then you can, like, explore what this game has to offer, which is... Final Fantasy, you know, games have had tons of story all the time. And to see it in such a beautiful way, like Cloud's render is just insane. Like his character, well, all the characters are. Um, and sexual innuendo all over the place aside, it is really interesting to just kind of see what this world's about and to see what this, you know, inevitable story will be with a supernatural element that I haven't talked about, but it happens alongside this whole story. And the story of a ragtag group 
of people trying to, you know, take over a, a major corporation uh, who is essentially bad for the planet and, you know, Trumpian, let's say. So that's something that gets me on board all the time. All right. Well, it sounds pretty good. Um, I'm sure that we will check in with you again on this. It seems like you still got quite a ways to go. Um, so let's circle back when you've put some more time in and we will see what you think about it once you got a few more hours under your belt. Sound good? Yeah, I think we'll, the next time we check in, I'll probably be done with it because I'm just like going crazy with it. So I feel like in a week or two, I'll probably have it done. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the upsides of uh, the coronavirus isolation is we're all sitting at home and I think we all have a lot of time on our hands. And I, f- I suspect that a lot of people are finishing a lot of games right now. So. Yeah. Oh, wait, before right. we leave that, there is one other thing. Everybody in that game uh, does thumbs up. Like, there's just too many thumbs up in that game. <laughs> too, that's the name of the, this episode is Too Many, too thumbs, many up. thumbs Up. There's too many thumbs names up. names in this episode. Pollen episode. Everybody loves Cloud. Although, that's not what I said, but that sounds better. And the Thumbs Up episode. I think Too Many Thumbs Up is pretty funny. We're too Many Thumbs Up. Okay. Okay. All right. So, yeah, there's a limit to how many thumbs up you can do before it gets weird. I definitely agree with that. They do it all the time, like in, in repetition. It's like, dude, I, I see your thumb. Just stop it. <laughs> all right. Let's switch gears for a minute. Uh, let's kick it back over to me. I have a brief update on No Man's Sky. I've been putting some more time into that, and I have a couple more games just really quickly to mention. First up, the No Man's Sky. Um, so I went into it last time uh, that Corey was here and we explained my history where I just have not really liked playing the game, even though I like the idea of the game, space, exploration, f- discovering things, flying through the stars. Like it all seems like something that would be right up my alley, but actually playing it in the past has been really boring. But uh, Hello Games, as we mentioned, has been working on this uh, title for like four years. I don't even know how many updates. I think they're on to like a full 2.0 plus something released. So they've been changing it and changing it and tweaking it and tweaking it so the most recent update uh which featured mech suits one of my weaknesses and living ships which is also something i'm very uh, prone to being weak to uh got me in and i'm like well i these are things i'm really interested in i'm gonna give this game another shot so at this point i'm about 12 hours into it and i have to say that the no man's sky of 2020 is much different a totally different beast than the No Man's Sky of 2016. Um, I just have really been enjoying it a lot. I mean, I, I the tutorials are great. I've been following the quests. The quests are very clearly laid out. So if you, like me, want structure and you want something to do that has a very specific goal, you can go and do that, and the game gives you enough breadcrumbs to follow the trail, and I think that's fine. If you don't want to do that, if you want to just screw around, you can basically screw around anytime you want to. Like, you don't have to do any of the story stuff if you don't want to. You can just set off in any direction and just explore whatever you want. And you can ignore all the quests and then nothing happens and there's no penalty. But if you do want structure, I really appreciate that there are three main story quests to follow, each with their own steps and instructions and little map markers so you can find your way in the universe. There's uh, other like side quests you can do and then there's all sorts of like self-directed goals you can do if you want to like dive into the customization or if you want to dive into the base building you can do farming and stuff so um, I've really been liking it a lot because it's giving me enough of the structure that I really wanted and it paced itself much more differently uh, last episode I mentioned that I was like maybe six hours in and still doing tutorial stuff which I think actually was a smart move uh, really like that a lot and I'm just now that I'm 12 hours in I just unlocked another feature, which I had never gotten to before. Uh, and I mean, like 12 hours in, which is a long time. But at the same time, I'm glad that it took that long, because if I had gotten to it sooner, I think I would have been a little bit overwhelmed with what was happening. Yeah, uh, because there's a lot of systems in this game. There's a lot of stuff to learn. It's not all super intuitive, but I think it's a lot better than it used to be, which I really appreciate. It seems like they've really taken some pains to making things clearer, uh, easier to understand, more sensible. Um, so it definitely feels different. It plays different. Um, less grind for sure. Uh, I remember when I originally played No Man's Sky, I was constantly running out of fuel for my uh, my spacecraft, and I got to one planet where I just ran out of gas and I couldn't find the thing that I needed to refuel my tank, and I just got really frustrated because it's a game. Like, I'm not actually on a other planet. Like, I'm not actually surviving the stars. Like, there should be some fun in along with the survival, and uh, they fixed that. Like, the gas is really easy to get, and you can craft all the really like the real important basic stuff you can craft it real easy so you're not stranded anywhere which is great because getting stranded fucking sucks um but so overall it's just really really cool i uh really like what they've done with it like the changes like the pace and uh i've always kind of liked the style and the visuals and stuff so i'm really happy that they have finally got it to a place where people like me 
who did not embrace it initially found a way in. Like, I feel like I would be okay recommending this to anybody these days if they wanted a chill exploration game. It's it's a much different experience than it used to be. So I really, really like it a lot. Um, yeah, I have a question on the quests. Yeah, uh, because absolutely. when I first played it, was, which is when it came out, the quests were so obtuse and... Like I was like, am I on a quest? Like I was just confused <laughs> on where I was going, and I kind of liked that because you'd land on a planet and you'd see these monoliths, and you're like, I think I'm supposed to go look at them, uh, maybe. And then you know what? I spent so much time with that game, even with its very very obtuse version of quests. I finished one of them. Like I finished a quest line in OG No Man's Sky. I'm not bragging, but I'm also bragging. <laughs> Humble brag. Humble yes, brag. that is a on force like force brag because that was so difficult because there was no real good tutorial of like how to do a, this mission. But and by the way, I love the ending, and someday we should talk about endings when you get to one. But uh, it was a very really really cool ending. So I'm wondering how they do quests now. Like, is it like holding your hand and really showing you what to do? Um, yeah, so I remember the I remember that back in the day. I remember the original, and then I remember when I came back to one of I think it was like the Atlas update or something where they kind of restructured it more. It is it is more structured now than it has ever been. And so what happens is um, stuff will just happen to you. Like you'll be flying through space, and you'll get like a radio transmission, and it'll it'll be like, hey, answer the radio, answer the radio, answer the radio, until you do it to make sure that you don't miss it. Or you might um, see somebody in space that's like, hey, let's talk for a minute. Uh, and so you'll get a little quest marker on your uh, menu screen and it'll just it'll just be there. It'll be like if you want to click it, it'll give you the next step to do. And if you it'll say like, oh, go to this planet and talk to this person. Very specific, very clear and concrete. You may have to do some stuff like maybe you'll get there and that person will be like, oh, I need you to find me X, Y, Z item or I need you to do this thing for me. And maybe that'll be maybe not as clearly laid out like you might have to go search for a specific element or you might have to find a piece of machinery or something. So that part you'll have to kind of do on your own, but at least you know what you're doing, right? Like, you know mm. what the goal is, like, you know, what you're on the hunt for. And so you just have to find it, but it tells you exactly where to go, who to talk to, where that person is, what you need to do next. So like, it is very, I hesitate to say handholding because I think that has a real negative connotation, but it's very clear. If you are interested in advancing the story quests in no man's sky, it will 100% tell you exactly what you need to do to get through those. And it'll, it'll guide you to the right place and it'll tell you what's required. So I really appreciate that. There is no, no questions about that part. And if you, and again, if you don't want to do them 100% don't have to do them, you can yeah. do them or not do them. But if you want to do them and I do, I really appreciate that. It's like, yeah, go to this planet and do this thing. Yes, sir. I'm going to, I'm on my way. I'm going to do that right now because that's what I like to do. I like a little bit of structure. And when I get bored, I can go wander. And when I get bored of wandering, I'll go back to the quest. So I like having both of those flavors. I want to uh, yeah check back with you on those because I'm really curious to see how long, in quotes, the you know full time it takes to beat one of them, if there is still an ending to those kind of things. Because there definitely was for me. Like there was a end mission in, in mine, and I did it. But I'm wondering if they changed it in a real big way. So I'm we'll, we'll check back, I guess. We will check back. I am pretty sure that there is a definite, like, the game will not be, like, over, but you'll roll credits, and if you want to bail, I think that's kind of, like, a good signal that you can bail if you want to. But there's a lot of stuff in here to do, um, and there's a lot of stuff. If you want to just dig into the details, you can have these really elaborate bases, and you can have all sorts of, like, agrarian stuff. And I just got to the part where I'm just now being able to, like, look for different spaceships and kind of do this whole other layer of things that I never got to before. So there's a lot to dig into. Uh, but I think you can roll credits and finish the story, although you can still, you're free to just keep on doing stuff that you want to do. So it's not like the game's over, over. But yeah. I do want to share a story real quickly. Go ahead. Um, one of the newer things was, did the Nexus exist when you played? Do you remember? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So the Nexus, uh, for people that don't know, I didn't know, is kind of like a multiplayer hub. I don't know how new it was. It was not there in OG. Um, it was not there in OG oh. No Man's Sky. Wait, maybe I'm thinking of something else then. The Nexus looks like the Death Star, and you can summon it. Did you do that before? Now I can't remember. If you played OG, it was not an OG, and I don't. I think it's pretty new. Okay, yeah, I think no. Then never. Mind. I'm thinking of something else. So this came after. So like one of the things that people always wanted in No Man's Sky was multiplayer, right? And in the beginning of the game, they're like, multiplayer is impossible. And then pe players are like, what are you fucking crazy? We want multiplayer. What's wrong with you? And they're like, okay, sorry, bad call. We're gonna do multiplayer now. And at first, it was like. 
you could only see a glowing ball that would represent where another player would right. be. Yep. I so, but that. you couldn't really interact with them or anything. But you're like, oh, I'm not alone in the universe. And players are like, fuck you, fuck that. This sucks. We want multiplayer. And Hello Games is like, okay, again, bad call. We're going to go back to the drawing board. So finally, in the current iteration, you can totally see other players. You can see what they look like. You can see their ships. You can interact with them. You've got emotes. You can trade items and stuff like this. And all this happens in the Nexus. So the Nexus, like, I'm not kidding. It looks like the Death Star. You fly into space, and it just shows up out of nowhere. It just pops into existence right in front of you. And the first time, you're like, oh, my God, what is going on? You go inside, full of friendly aliens, uh, and they're just like, yeah, this is the multiplayer hub. Come chill whenever you want to. And when you go in there, there's all sorts of, like, real players walking around. There's no way to troll anybody. You just say, you know, you wave, you point, you do a little dance, and people can give you stuff, or you can trade with other players if you want to. So I'm in the Nexus, which I think is great. You can summon it anytime, anyplace. Just, you can just go into multiplayer anytime. I love it. It's a great idea. Really well done. I go inside, and I'm just walking around. And I'm just, like, looking at what's in there, different shops and stuff. And you remember one of the things that got me into this was the living ship, right? Yeah. So that was one of the things where I'm like, oh, I really want to do that. But you can't just do it. Like, you have to buy it. And to buy it, you have to have a special currency. And you get the currency by doing multiplayer missions. And I was going to do it all. Like, I'm down. Like, I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. Um, it's going to take me some time. But once I once I find my feet in this game, I will come back and do this. And it'll be fine. So I go to the Nexus. I'm looking around. I, I see this guy. I have no idea who he is. His name is uh, Blue Soul 777. So PSN player, Blue Soul 777. Uh, I just see him kicking it, and I walk up to him. I'm like, you know, I do a little wave, you know, wave. And then he, like, waves back. And then I start walking around, and he, like, runs up to me. And I stop for a second because I'm waiting for him to do some more emotes or something. And then all of a sudden, he gave me an item in my inventory. He just gave it to me. And it was literally the egg for the living ship that I needed that I was going to save all that money up for. He just gave it to me out of the blue for nothing. And nice. I'm like, oh, shit. This is literally the thing that I was going to, like, get ready to grind for. And he just, like, or he or she. I mean, I don't know if it was a male or female, whatever. Uh, and just gave it to me out of the blue. And I'm like, oh, damn, that's amazing. This is this is the thing I wanted. And thank you so much. And I walked back, waved to him, uh, him or her some more, and did a little dance. And, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, you know, communication is pretty limited to stop people from trolling. But uh, it was amazing. I just, like, that was literally the thing I wanted the most. And that was what I was shooting for. And this person... Uh, kind-hearted soul in the nexus in deep space just came up and gave it to me for no particular reason because i went nice so, kindness very cool for the win. Yeah, so you got yeah. your living ship then i have the egg for the living ship uh. you have to hatch it and there's a lot of steps involved in that but the biggest hurdle was just buying the egg in the first place because i didn't have the money for it um so i'm on the path but i'm not uh. there yet it'll be a little while all right you know by the way i will all this talk of it now now two episodes of our podcast i will i will go back to it i mean i for me, I, I liked my experience, and I did essentially roll credits, and I like how sparse and weird it was. But this almost like we were talking about Final Fantasy VII is another iteration of this game. So if it's so different, it feels like I could literally start a new game, which back in the day I would never even think of because I spent so many hours in that game. But to me, it sounds like I could easily start a new game and then meet you in that world. You absolutely could. And I bet you you would find that it is different enough that you wouldn't feel like you were completely repeating things. Because with the way that the quests are lined up, if you want to just go that route, it feels like you're just playing a game that has very concrete steps and you're not just wandering for the sake of wandering. And all the requirements for building stuff is way reduced. And, you you know, it's not as hard to find stuff as it used to be. You know, the certain elements you need for crafting. Like, it's very... I'm not a crafting guy. I'm not a farming guy, but I don't mind doing a little bit of it if it gets me where I'm going. And that's kind of where this is. Like, it gets you where you're going. You do a little bit, but it's not enough that you get bored. You don't start to hate your life. You just keep it. It's just, it's going at a very good pace. And for a game that was as unstructured and open as it was originally, that's a pretty big left turn, but in a good way. Like, right. I really appreciate what they did. And I think that it was smart because it now appeals to people like me who never wanted to play it before. And it's got stuff to still offer both kinds of players. So, okay, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm going gonna, to I'm gonna jump back in so we can talk about it in the podcast. And secondly, if you wouldn't mind, um, either through Twitter or through your Game Critics um, website page for this podcast, um, I found a bunch of images that I had saved from my original OG journey through no man's sky oh okay yeah i found a ton of them last night and i found pretty cool creatures so oh. we can shut the <laughs> Did you fuck find up. that triangle with a foot on top no of it? i did not because no 
<laughs> Anyways, I would love to post them somewhere. So either we do it through Twitter or we do it on the, on the page for the podcast. But uh, I think that'd be fun to kind of mention with yeah, this Yeah, send them over. I'll post it when the uh, when this episode goes up. It'll be in the, the show notes on GameCritics.com. We can do okay. that easily, easily. Okay, I'll send them over right. in a minute. And then, um, yeah, I'll go back in. That's going to be fun. All right, sounds good, sounds good. And then let me give a couple quick mentions to some other games. Um, first up is Convoy, which is a turn... No, no, no. It is a top-down roguelike indie game which is basically like mad max the game you play a spaceship that crashes on a i don't know like a weird planet with like different factions and you have to take your convoy which is like a big truck you have to find replacement parts for your ship and you have little companion cars that go with you um you do not control the big car but you control the little cars the the companion cars and you you drive around a map top down And then you like run into random battles where like raiders will drive up to you and try to blow up your your main car. So you have to move your little cars around to like hold them off. It's just like Mad Max, the old one or the new one, either way. But just imagine you're watching a top down Mad Max like road combat with like weird cars and people shooting and people with mohawks and stuff like that. That's basically what this game is. Um, I was really into the concept, really uh, very excited because I like my roguelikes. It's on the Switch, which is where I'm playing it. I like Mad Max. I mean, everything about this game is right up my alley. And full disclosure, I was given a code from PR to discuss it on this podcast. That is literally why they gave it to me. So I'm talking about it right now. Um, but I got to say, this game's fucking terrible. It's really terrible. Uh, and I could not be more disappointed. It's harder than fucking hell. I And I'm... I, I'm not the world's best player, but I can hold my own, and I have no problem with hard games if they are designed well. This game is not designed well. Like, I cannot get very far because I feel like I'm constantly overpowered. Uh, enemies are too strong. Their shooting range is too far. Uh, there's too many things to manage. You can pause the game as you're driving, but otherwise it rolls along in real time. And not only are there enemies to deal with as you're driving as you're trying to manage two different cars at the same time up to five cars in addition to your main car so potentially you could have like a team of six cars you're managing in real time on a road when you're driving really fast which is like a lot to juggle but also uh rocks will come in your path and if you're not out of the way of the rock you will just instantly lose that car and there's also landmines that come in the road and so you have to like dodge the car other cars dodge the landmines dodge the rocks also get in position so you can shoot also get in position so you can protect your main car it's way too much like it is way too much to handle uh i get killed all the time i feel like the resources are way off i feel like the map you're just blindly wandering around hoping to find the stuff that you need like there's no uh knowledge of where you're going and it's just you're just it's torture like it's just it's not good and it sucks because i like the idea the idea of doing a turn-based or a roguelike mad max is great i'm up for that like anybody who may who's making a mad max game send that to me because I am your guy, but this game just gets it so wrong. Like it just really, really doesn't, doesn't work. And I got really frustrated. So I went to go look up what other people were saying about it. I checked out some message boards and it's weird because there's this strange disconnect. I went to the, the steam message boards and half the people are like, Oh, this game's great. I love it. I think the difficulty is just right. And this thing works fine. And I'm like, you guys are smoking crack. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Maybe it's different with a mouse, maybe. But on the Switch, I feel like it's incredibly too hard. Mm. Uh, just to the point of where I didn't even get anywhere, anywhere close to the end. And I just was dying all the time, constantly restarting. And it just, I didn't unlock anything. It was just try and die, try and die, try and die, try and die. And it just was, I quit it real quick because it was just very frustrating. And I did not see any way to really improve what I was doing. It just, it just feels really unbalanced and poorly designed. I, I know um, it's a stretch, but it does feel somehow similar to the original time I was playing uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake on normal mode because I was like, if I'm just going to die this much, I'm not playing this anymore, you know? <laughs> I mean, basically, that's what I ended up doing. It was like, I put it on the easiest mode, and it seems like the only difference is you get a little bit more starting gas and you have a little bit more starting ammo. But other than that, it seems identical oh, to the other modes. And I just, it's just way too hard. Like, it's just not fun to play. Uh, it's just an example of developers not really taking a look at what they're putting out. I bet, I bet they did not have enough people play test it. I bet they did not have enough honest feedback on it. And they've put out a game which really suffers for it. So I like the concept. I absolutely 100% hate this game. It is in dire need of a rebalancing and a couple patches. I would have, I'd be happy to come back to it if they rebalance it. Uh, but as it is, I will never play it again unless they fix it. So it's a shame because mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea. 
All right. But uh, Convoy, 100%. Do not recommend. Don't play this game unless they patch it in, in a big way. Uh, the other game I want to mention real quick before we wrap the show is another uh, top-down roguelike. You can see a theme developing here. Whoa. I am a sucker. I am a sucker for the roguelikes. Uh, this is called Rush Rover from Radalika Games. I have kind of a love-hate with Radalika because they always pick games which are appealing to me. But those games are always way too hard, and I never finish them, and I think they're really frustrating. But they, they keep picking games that, that I like, like the style or the concepts. Like, the, whoever's picking their games has talent. They got a good eye. But they don't play test them enough, or I guess they're fine putting out really, really hard games because they're just kind of frustrating to me. So I know what to expect when I see a Rattalika game, and this is kind of another one. But I will say this is actually a pretty good game um, if you're in the mood for a very traditional roguelike you start off as a robot and you have a little drone with you so you can shoot a machine gun and your drone can shoot a machine gun and you go in these little like uh segmented rooms you go into a new room there's just a bunch of robots to shoot you shoot the robots they drop money and you can find randomly generated upgrades like you'll get um you have like i think eight slots for equipment maybe 12 slots but only like three are available at the start but you can find more slots you can activate those and get better weapons get sub weapons or you can increase the power of your drone uh, and if you get uh, further along, you know, you just get better, you get faster, you get better guns and stuff like that. So it's a pretty pretty standard, pretty straightforward formula. But I think it controls really well. I think it's a really good fit for the Switch. It feels comfortable on Switch. It's the kind of game that I like to play on the Switch because you can do a run uh, for 10, 15 minutes and then be done and move on. Mm. Um, there is a save function in the game, which I don't know how it works because you have to pay for it. So what I mean by that is... This is a traditional roguelike, as in if you die, you go back to the beginning and you just have to start fresh. There's no progression. As yeah, far as I can tell, there's nothing. My favorite type of game. <laughs> your favorite type of game. Um, not my favorite because I do like a roguelike with progression. I like the idea that if you try a thousand times, you will slowly become tougher and level up and you'll have a better chance at winning. Uh, a lot of games do that. That's the hotness in roguelikes. And I think it's a good idea. This game does not do that. This is very traditional where you try your luck, you get as far as you can get. If you die, you die, period. That's it. But... There is a little randomly generated save point inside the game. Like, it's not in the menu. Like, it's as you're playing. And it'll say, would you like to create a backup copy of yourself? Um, I have never had enough money to be able to do that. So I don't know if it saves. Like, can you restart from that point if you die? Like, do you get one chance to try over? I don't know what happens. In-game currency. In-game currency. Yeah, there's no microtransactions. Or anything. It's just the, the money you earn from shooting robots. Um, so I do, there may be a save. Maybe that will help you progress. I mean, very possible. Um, but it's it's random. You don't always find it. And whenever I have found it, I've never had enough money because I've spent money on my upgrades, like getting a better gun and, and moving faster. So I don't know how the save function works. I'm going to try to figure that out. But in the meantime, I will say that I do like this a lot. I think this is one of Radalika's better releases. I mean, it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Nothing really to it, but it's well done. So if you want a top-down action-based uh, roguelike, which is kind of like a twin-stick shooter, and the robot's real cute, if you want that kind of game, this is a good one. I would recommend this for anybody who likes roguelikes. Um, but just be pr prepared to know that it's one of the the OG ones where, you know, you, you die you and you just anything. go back to square one. Yeah. yeah so I think uh, it sounds like, uh, which it seems like right up your alley and a, a lot of people's alleys, which is, hey, I have uh, 15 minutes on the Switch. What can I play? I'll play this for 15 minutes. And then yeah. not worried about the progression because that's all you wanted out of it. So for that, it seems like it's fine. Yeah, that is definitely a big appeal, especially for me, like at bedtime, when I don't want to get into something where I have to remember, where am I going? What's the story? What am I doing? You know, like sometimes you just want to play something to keep your hands busy or just to keep your mind off it or just to, just to, you know, cool down. Before bite off the something. impending doom. Mind off exactly. The, the eternal exactly. darkness. Yeah. <laughs> push, push the darkness back for just a few moments. I do that. With this that is, I do that in Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing does that before yes, bed. Yeah. That's another good bedtime game for sure. So this is one of those where... You jump in, you don't have to worry about what you're doing. You play it for 10, 15 minutes. Either you win or you don't. I think there's five bosses. If you beat all five, which I've only beaten, I think, three so far, they get really hard. And um, one thing I forgot to mention is that the bosses are a little bit bullet hell flavored, which is maybe not my favorite flavor, but it's fine. Just be prepared that when you're in the, playing the actual game, it's twin six shooter. When you fight the bosses, they get really bullet helly, which can be tough. So just keep mm. that in mind. But I think it's a good game to, you know, 10, 15 minutes. You do a run, you die. Oh, that's fine. You know, no big deal. Try again tomorrow and you just go to bed and it's okay. So it's a good it's a good one of those low investment but pleasing to play sort of games, which I think 
are very good to have on the Switch. Name again and how much? That is Rush Rover. Rush Rover. And I, and I want to say I bought it for like three fifty. I'm like, glad you reminded me of the name. I was going to say Rush Rover, Rush Rover. Let Brad come over. Yes, absolutely. Come over and tell you about this game. Yay. I could have yeah, started I, with that. Uh, I should have started with that. Damn yeah, it. we okay. didn't know. It's like three fifty. It's less than 5 bucks, which I think is a wonderful price for this game. Absolutely. So Rush Rover is a definite recommend. Convoy is a stay away. And a Final Fantasy VII is a, man, this game's weird but really fun, especially if you put on alternate mode. Final Fantasy VII, the game where you can go for massage parlors and hand jobs. And you get the happy ending. And it's literally a hand job because literally a she, hand job she massages ending. your hand. Before there we leave Final Fantasy VII, I have two more things real quick. One, okay. I've been looking online and I saw the, an article mention this thing I'm talking about, which is uh, it's the website's called Inverse. Are you searching hand jobs on Google, Carlos? No, I searched Final Fantasy VII hand jobs. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it's inverse.com, which I've never heard of. It seems like a cool um, site. Anyways, their whole article is on how it's overly sexy and ridiculous. Oh, okay. And so I'm not the only person because it's, I mean, you just have to play the game. and You know immediately that it's like weird that there's so much flirting going on. And they showed a scene that I actually tweeted uh, out, which is, it is Jesse. And Jesse also likes him, of course. And at some point, she's like, will you come back and stay with me tomorrow night at her, at her house? And it's pretty early on. And the choices that Cloud has, because there are choices in this game, by the way. I forgot to mention. There's a couple choices you get to make when it comes to dialogue. And so the choices of, will you come back tomorrow night to see Jesse, are no promises and not happening. Oh, wow. You can't even say yes. You can't you even to? say yes. And it's it's like forcing you. It's like, um, what's it called? Um, what's it called when it's like um, masochistic or something, right? In what sense? Like you. Or like, are... and the fact that, like, okay, here's the thing. So she, everybody's saying, like, sleep with me. And then Cloud's like, no. And then they're like, no, but seriously, look at my. Uh, cleavage here also sleep with me and i'm gonna kiss you on the cheek and cloud's like not tonight <laughs> so it's like a it's like a tease or something it's really weird and so, so strange yeah um i picked the wrong word but you know what i mean it's just really weird so yes it's not just me there's a whole uh, article here about how ridiculous it is and i will say one bad thing about it is at most time i'm going into combat with Aerith, um i she, you know how they do a little bit of dialogue between each other? Yeah. You know, players. I'll always say, or Cloud will always say, stand back, I got this. Or don't worry, this is all me. Or seriously, you're in the way. Or like really like treating her like get out of here. And yeah. she always defends herself, which is like, um, I can help too. Or no, I'm just as strong or something. But to be 2020 and to let that like stay in the game if and if it wasn't the original, that seems like just change that. Like every battle that I go in, he's like, I got this. Just go over there and like knit or something. Like, <laughs> oh, dear. can oh, you dear. believe that that's in this game? 2020? Well, I mean, that doesn't sound like a good way to go. Uh, I'm, but then again, I mean, you know, obviously this is the first part of the story. I'm, 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 I'm being gracious and saying, I assume that they're going to give cloud his moment of coming around not and I don't think in this episode though not for sure not in this you know, episode yeah. but I'm you know I'm assuming that you know everybody no not a spoiler to say that Eris dies in the first first Final Fantasy VII that's like one of the biggest moments in gaming I think everybody on Earth knows that and I I'm guessing they're gonna probably do the same thing here so maybe when she finally kicks it he'll be like oh I was an asshole to you all this time and then he redeems right. himself who knows I, I'm gonna I'm I, just gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and we'll see how that goes I think it'd be really interesting if she didn't. You know? I think that would be incredibly interesting as well. And all, by the Especially way, I've been since everybody's expecting it, right? Everybody's expecting it, and like, there's so many other additives and different plot lines going on. I could easily see it it changing. And by the way, this whole episode, I've been saying Aerith because that's how I originally said it, and yeah, I know it's yeah. Aerith as well. It's both. So, is it both know. in the game? I thought it was just Aerith. I said Aerith because I'm just old school, but no, Aerith is yeah the translate English translation, but yeah, it's Aerith or whatever, but. Okay, yeah, anyways, that's that's my thing. Anyway. I, I, I'm kind of fascinated by this game. It's weird. It doesn't make much sense. Uh, it's also awesome at times. And, yeah, it's just wacky. I really, really enjoy it. 
All right. Well, we shall talk about it again uh, real soon, I'm sure. But that is it for today's show. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Carlos and I will be back in another couple days. In the meantime, as always, send us your questions and comments. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. You can also post uh, comments for us at gamecritics.com when the show goes up there. We're on Twitter collectively at so video, so video games, but you can also reach us individually. Carlos, where can people reach out and find you this week? Oh yeah. So this one is uh, interesting. This will go up probably tomorrow, let's say. And I think tomorrow, uh, my first week update video for the new video game I'm working on called Artie is going to be up tomorrow at some point. So, Please follow uh, the Twitter account I made for it, which is at Artie, the game, A-R-T-I-E, the game. And there are going to be updates there, as well as uh, he'll have his own YouTube channel with these weekly updates, which will probably go up, I think, tomorrow. So, yeah, that's the thing I'm really, really excited about, and I hope that you guys can follow uh, the updates. Sounds good, sounds good. As for me, I am not making a game, so you can just find me at the usual haunts on twitter and instagram it's my name b-r-a-d-g-a-l-l-a-w-a-y all a's no o's and that is it for us folks thank you again for joining us and we will be back before you know it in the meantime this is bye from brad and uh rover rover rush rover let the hand massage come over no carlos is out i don't know that was the worst possible one i could have done let me pick another one all right um and uh, Audi says, you know, see you next time. Because it's Audi. Oh, but they don't even know that's Audi from the game. Forget it. Did I? But I, he never talked yet. No one's. Have I even said had Audi in this podcast? I have?